Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. With that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. What's happening, Frank? Great. Happy Monday to you. Here to talk about the deepest position in fantasy baseball today, the third base position. Yes, we are here to talk about the third base position. But before we do, I just sleep, bud. I slept very well. It was tough to get out of bed. I don't know. I didn't stay up too late. Nothing crazy last night. Just, man, alarm went off today. It was tough getting out of bed. How about you? Uh, so, well, I was, I was up thinking about work pretty early, and I was, like, very up before my alarm went off. Yeah. So. Tinkering with the third base ranks early in the morning, Greg? No, not really. I was just thinking about all the stuff I had to do. before. Like, I knew I was like, oh, man, I got to do my third base ranks. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I, just, I was just up and about very early. I was in College Park, Maryland over the weekend. Ooh. It was cool being back. Nostalgic. Not so cool uh, with the result, uh, but cool being back. Oh, does that mean Maryland actually played? Is that why you were there? You went to a game? Yes. What happened? Who did they face? Michigan State. Ooh. College game day was there. What happened? They lost, Frank. Ah. Uh, they were up. W- w- at, like very badly? At the first timeout, the under-16 timeout, which is the first timeout sure. in college basketball, uh, they were down 9 nothing. They wound up tying the game 23-23. Uh, Michigan State, they went on a seven-point run. Michigan State good? Yeah, they're always good. Okay. Um, Maryland, but are they Maryland good? I, I didn't think so. <laughs> I was wrong. Um, in the second half, they never got closer than nine. Any point. Oof. And you were there to watch it all in person. It was very bad. Oh, I'm sorry, Greg. Well, outside of that, how was the rest of your weekend? Uh, it was awesome because after the game, we got like two beers and a mixed drink. It was like $15 total. And I was like, I love college. I haven't seen these prices since I was in college. It was fantastic. <laughs> and you just, you know, I'll tell you some stuff off the end. But that's fine. Uh, coming up, we got our third base ranks. I want to give you some updates on some pitchers that we're worried about, Blake Snell. Before all of that, Alex Fasano with your news update. I am Alex Pasano with your Sports Grid news update here on the Fantasy BFFs. In the NFL, the Jaguars will use their franchise tag on defensive end Yannick Ngakwe, league sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. The tag will allow them to trade him if that's what they decide on or forced to do. Fun fact for you, Greggy, uh, Ngakwe is a Maryland Terrapin graduate. There you go right there. Ngakwe tweeted on Monday morning that his time in Jacksonville is over. Here's a quick quote from the tweet. The Jaguars are aware I no longer have interest in signing a long 
long-term contract in Jacksonville. The franchise tag carries an approximate salary of $19.3 million in 2020. In the NBA, the New York Knicks have officially named former player agent Leon Rose as their new president. In a letter to the team's fans, Rose said that he will support interim coach Mike Miller and his staff. I want to thank Mike. This is a quote from Leon Rose. I want to thank Mike for his continued leadership and professionalism during this period. While noting that the Knicks have young talent, Rose continued, nothing about this is easy or quick, so I ask you for your continued patience. This was a part one of three part tweet uh, from Rose to the Knicks fans. Rose has been one of the top agents in basketball for decades with clients including Joel Embiid, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kyle Kuzma. And in Major League Baseball, guys, reigning National League MVP Cody Bellinger was a late scratch in the Dodgers spring training lineup on Monday with side discomfort. He took part in Albert Pujols' annual charity event held in Scottsdale, Arizona on Sunday, but Dodgers manager Dave Roberts said Monday he did not believe Bellinger's side soreness had anything to do with the golf swings. He said he expects Bellinger to return this week. You got a full slate of NBA, NHL, and college hoops tonight. Some games you want to look at, the Portland Trailblazers visiting the Orlando Magic. Magic are seven-point favorites, the total 221. Also, the Milwaukee Bucks take on the Miami Heat. Bucks are your four-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 227. I'm Alex Fasano, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Now back to the fantasy BFFs. All right, back here, BFFs, Frank, Greg, and John, Alex. Uh, Frankie, Blake Snell over the weekend had a quarter zone shot in his elbow. Doesn't seem good. That seems terrible. He said he was fine pitching, but afterwards he had a little more soreness, so he wanted to be cautious, and he's not sure if he'll be ready for opening day. He is not going to be ready for opening day, Greg, and this is one of your keepers, I take it, right? It is, Frank. Mm, I don't know what to do. So we did get an update earlier today, around noon. Rays manager Kevin Cash said Monday that Blake Snell is, quote, feeling good and remains on track to play catch on Tuesday. So, obviously something to monitor here when it comes to Blake Snell. And, again, just another pitcher that is going to fall down draft boards right now due to injury. Luis Severino out for the year. Chris Sale with the flu is obviously falling down draft boards, going to start the year on the IL. Mike Clevenger, uh, we've actually seen some positive reports from Clev. I saw just last week, I mean, he was ramping up his throwing activity. Guy looks like he's ready to pitch right now. Hopefully they don't push him too quickly, but uh, some good news there out of Clevenger. And then obviously everything that's going on with Blake Snell. Greg, it's a cortisone shot in his left elbow, his throwing arm, the same elbow where yeah. he had a cleanup last year midseason. Man, this, this is a scary situation. Look, I think... If you're going into drafts, you're going to get him at a bit of a value. Same thing when it comes to auctions. I think he went for like $18 in labor yep. yesterday in the mixed, the 12-team mixed auction yesterday, um, which obviously is much lower than he would have gone for normally. But um, there's uh, there's risk. There's there's obviously a big reward. But I, I would say right now the uh, the risk outweighs the reward, in my opinion, when it comes to Blake Snow. Yeah, you know, I, I get very nervous when it comes to these pitcher injuries, and they normally, more often than not, come back to bite you in the ass. And other times, like, you're fine, but quarters in a shot already? Like, this would be a 15-day DL stand, and he have, have to uh, work his way back up. It's really, really scary uh, as, the Blake Snell, uh, as the Blake Snell owner here to figure out what to do. I wouldn't pay $18 for him. I couldn't. Just to put that in perspective, uh, Blake Snell went for $18 yesterday, and then trying to see someone else who went for a similar price. Like, Clevenger went for 17 Granky went for 19 So, 
Kershaw 20. So at an $18 price tag, that's someone who, based on these other prices, is like a fourth, fifth round yeah. starting pitcher. Still might be too much risk to take on there when it comes to Blake Snell. There was more going on, of course, last night. Uh, is there more going around this weekend in regards to fantasy baseball? Before we continue, let's talk a little fantasy basketball for this evening, Frankie. Yeah, and I know earlier today you met up with, not met up with, you uh, you did the tip drill with Drew Dinkmeyer of DailyRoto.com. Uh, and obviously Drew and those guys have been phenomenal uh, all season long and especially recently when it comes to the NBA tip drill. I know you had a chance to speak to him about who he's targeting at the center position tonight. Let's take a look at that on tonight's NBA DFS slate. Let's move over to center here. This one's another obvious one for us, as in Cleveland, Tristan Thompson is not expected to play, which means increased playing time for Andre Drummond tonight. A tough matchup, though, against Rudy Gobert. Yeah, that's the big thing with Andre Drummond now. You know, the price tags dipped all the way down to 7,600, and that's in large part because when you have Tristan Thompson playing behind you, they have to regulate Andre Drummond's minutes more than they did in Detroit. You know, he's playing kind of low 30s, uh, sometimes, you know, struggling to get up to 30 minutes because Tristan Thompson behind him was a guy that needs to play 18 to 25 minutes on each and every night. So you remove Tristan Thompson from that equation, thins out that front court for the Cavs a little bit and gives that minutes upside to Andre Drummond to get back into the 34, 35, 36 range. He's always handled his own pretty well against Rudy Gobert. Uh, we think he'll be able to do so tonight. And the 7,600 price tag is miles away from the price tags you were paying for Andre Drummond in Detroit earlier in the season. So we think he's severely underpriced. And here, BFFs, they're Andre Drummond, the guy. You don't want to get in your lineup tonight without Tristan Thompson expected to play for Cleveland, Frank. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, what Drew Dickmeyer said about Tristan Thompson, since Drummond was traded over to the Cleveland Cavs, obviously had to split some time there with Tristan Thompson still playing around 20, 25 minutes a night. Uh, with him expected out tonight, we should expect Andre Drummond to get back into the 30s in minutes, and obviously at a suppressed price tag, uh, he's someone that you should be building your lineups around, especially at the center position. All right, so heading back to fantasy baseball, though, Frank, I was just I was so anxious and antsy to talk to you about Blake. Now, what else did I miss over the weekend about players getting hurt, uh, like Aaron Judge? Yeah, Aaron Judge on Friday apparently experienced some discomfort again while swinging. And I know that he was going to undergo some tests today. I haven't seen any results or anything mentioned about Aaron Judge so far. We could check that out during the break and see if anything there's has... There's no notes. No. There's nothing on Aaron Judge. All right, so we'll have to pay attention and just see. I know that he is someone who's going for cheaper prices right now at auctions and slipping down draft boards because, again, he has dealt with injuries in the past, had the oblique last year, has the shoulder right now, had surgery on the other shoulder a couple of years ago. We don't know if he's going to be ready for opening day. They still they keep saying that there's a chance that he could be ready for opening day. But obviously, that's all up in the air right now when it comes to Aaron Judge. Uh, and another one, Greg, where if he's good to go by opening day, or maybe even if he misses the first week or so, you're going to get him at a massive discount when it comes to fantasy baseball. So he was typically someone I wasn't targeting because he was still a second, third-round pick, and I didn't really like that price tag. If he starts falling into the fourth, fifth round, and you know, you're getting him at that value then maybe there's a chance that I do jump in on him right? at that cost. We talked last week we were doing our outfielders, how, and you commented how high I have Aaron Judge. And I said, if he remains hurt, it all changes. It's scary right now. And I, I don't see how I could keep him where I have him, which was outfielder uh, number 10. You're not drafting him as a top 12 outfielder right now. There's no, there's no way. So I'll have to figure out where I'm going to drop him. I don't know where that's going to be quite yet. But it's probably going to be closer to 20 than he is 10. Say that much. 
So over the weekend, his ADP was 32. So it really hasn't fallen that far. I thought it would have, you know, dropped a little bit further than that. But uh, those are from drafts done from Friday through yesterday. And his ADP is at 32. So still, you know, solid third round pick when it comes to fantasy baseball. Not by us. That seems like too big of a price. What's the discount in an auction, judge. Frank, that you that you would spend? Uh, I don't know, 15 bucks? Can we get him at 15 bucks? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> probably not. No, probably not. <laughs> All right, more BFFs after this. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. So third base rankings, Frank. Do you have any more news and notes to get to before we reveal our rankings? Greg, the biggest news of all that you missed from the weekend yeah. was that Joe Musgrove is dealing with shoulder discomfort. I did see that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I felt terrible because I, I don't. I woke up yesterday, ate a little breakfast, prepped myself, got everything ready to watch Joe Musgrove against yeah. the Toronto Blue Jays. Sounds like a perfect Sunday for you. Perfect Sunday. Yeah. Pirates broadcast is talking about how Joe Musgrove is hitting 94 miles per hour consistently on the gun. The fastball velo was up late last year. That's when he started performing well. The breaking pitches look great. And then, of course, late last night, on a Sunday evening, Greg, we get the news. Joe Musgrove is dealing with shoulder discomfort. So, do with that what you will. I mean, most people, he's more nothing more than a back-end rotation piece anyway. Your SP5, your SP6. Uh, maybe even if you play in a 12-team league, he's one of your bench starting pitchers. Uh, but somebody I was targeting once again is Joe Musgrove. Let's see what comes out of this, Greg. I'm sorry, Frankie. It's all right. Okay. All right, let's move over to our third base rankings, Frank. And this is the first time this season we have a different player at number one. How dare you? This is weird. <laughs> this is weird for me for a couple reasons. Your number one overall third baseman is mine up first. Okay, so my number one here is Alex Bregman. Your number one third baseman overall is Jose Ramirez. And this is weird for me because I am the Jose Ramirez guy. You know that about me. I've been on Jose Ramirez forever. And I'm also the guy that likes to ignore first halves like they don't matter. And just say, hey, the second half was great. Like, who cares about the first half? I can't do that right now. Because we saw how bad that Jose Ramirez can be. You yourself, as a Jose Ramirez owner, suffered through that first half, where he batted under 200 for most of the half. Still ran, but he couldn't hit 215 to be exact, Greg. Fine. He couldn't hit a damn thing. Now, the second half was unfreaking real And he's one of the only players legitimately that has a chance to go 30-30, if not 40-40. And you're getting him way later than you're getting Trout and Yelich and Acuna. You know, and way later. But that slump was really disgusting, Frank. And if he middles out somewhere, I'm going to rather have Alex Bregman. I feel safer drafting Alex Bregman than I do Nolan Arenado because of those stark uh, home road splits. And Jose Ramirez because we know how bad that slump can be. Alex Bregman's not going to hit the depths that Jose Ramirez did. You're not getting the stolen bases. I get that. 
and everything else you should. The better average. I like Alex Bregman more than I like the other two guys. And I will Which is, by the way, yep. he is third in your poll right now. Between the top third baseman, uh, the first baseman you want to draft, it's Arenado, by far and away number one. Yeah, by far. Then Jose Ramirez, then Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman is my number one overall third baseman. And I think some people might be scared off by the whole cheating scandal when it comes to On base the Astros. going up with those hit-by-pitches. You're not wrong. Uh, injury risk also going up with those hit-by-pitches, Greg. But I will preface this by saying, in a head-to-head points league, Alex Bregman should be the number one third baseman off the board. In fact, he should probably be a top 10 pick overall, maybe even higher than that. He was the number one hitter in head-to-head points leagues last year. That was Alex Bregman. Uh, and I really do like Nolan Arenado as well. I think you can make the argument for any of these three third basemen to be the number one third baseman this year. Greg, Nolan Arenado's average offensive line over the past five seasons... 300 batting average, 40 home runs, 104 runs scored, 124 ribbies, and three stolen bases. He is as elite of a four-category contributor as you can find. Of course, there is risk that he could be traded away from Colorado, which would affect his overall production because his home road splits, as Greg mentioned, uh, are very stark. He's much better in Coors Field, like most hitters who play for the Rockies. So uh, you have to keep that in mind. As of now, it looks like Nolan Arenado is going to stay put with the Colorado Rockies. Uh, And Alex Bregman, the guy just continues to get better and better. Say what you want about him, whether it's cheating related or not. I guess we're going to find out this upcoming season. But uh, look, in 2018, 286, 31 homers, up over 100 runs, over 100 ribbies, 10 stolen bases. 926 OPS. Last year, Greg, OPS over 1,000. 296, 41 dingers, 122 runs, 112 RBIs, five steals. The stolen bases are coming down. I don't know if you're going to get many steals out of Bregman anymore. Yep. Um, And Craig Mish actually spoke with him on Fantasy Sports Today. We had an interview with Alex Bregman and said he's focused on getting off to a quicker start because the past couple of seasons he really gets off to a slow start. Had an absolutely ridiculous second half last year with an OPS over 1,100. Uh, if he gets off to a faster start, then of course there is an opportunity for Alex Bregman to have a even better season. Maybe he hits 315, 320 with 40 home runs and, and the rest of those counting sets. Greg, for me, I do have Jose Ramirez first because uh, these are for Roto rankings, 5x5, five five, and I just think the ability to get 25 to 30 stolen bases, what we saw out of him you know, from July 1st on last year in only 49 games. He finally figured out, stop trying to lift the ball so much. Jose Ramirez, you're a great hitter the way that you are. You don't need to change a single thing. In the first half, Greg, his fly ball percentage was nearly 50%. From July 1st on, the fly ball percentage was 41%. He lowered it 9 percentage points, started hitting more line drives, started pulling the ball more. That is what made Jose Ramirez a great player a couple of seasons ago. You brought up that upside, Greg. Someone that can flirt with a 40-40 type season. I don't know that we'll see the uh, the batting average well over 300 anymore. I think he can approach a 280 average, 25 home runs, 25 stolen bases, really good counting stats in the middle of the Cleveland Indians lineup. This just comes down to preference. What categories do you want? If you trust that you can find stolen bases later on in the draft, then go ahead, by all means, take a Bregman. Take an Arenado. I don't have a problem with either of those guys, Greg. I like building out my foundation early on with everything, and Jose Ramirez, to me, is one of those players that will give you everything. I think he started to figure it out there in the second half, and it's frankly, it's something that I do trust going into this year. So I agree. He figured it out in the second half. He was amazing. You talked about how he became the line drive hitter again. But it's really hard to get that first half out of my mind. Like, it, it happened. And it wasn't like it happened five years ago. It just happened. That's really scary. 
Like, to invest what you're going to have to invest in here as your number one overall third baseman. Don't you want a little more safety there? You're a safe player normally. Don't you want that? I want the safe stolen bases, Greg. That's what it comes down to. And, you know, look, Greg, last year I was all over position scarcity. Didn't really work out for me. I was pulling outfielders up the board. You know, maybe this year I'm going a little bit too far when it comes to the category scarcity, batting average, stolen bases. But I I do trust what I saw from Jose Ramirez in that second half. And, look, if you don't, I understand. You want someone a little bit more safe? Arenado's the safest of the three. If you want safety, you think he's going to remain in Colorado, then take Nolan Arenado. There's no doubt about that. But there is a chance that Bregman continues to get even better. And if he does get better than what we saw last year, then that means he's going to be better than Nolan Arenado. And if Jose Ramirez is the player he was over those final 49 games for an entire season again, then he's more than likely the number one third baseman. He's probably, you know, 30-30 player with a good batting average as well. Uh, Greg, those final 49 games, he had 321. He was awesome. He was awesome, man. You know, listen, I, I love him. I think it's more of a uh, what type of league format do you play in more than anything? I think if you play in Roto, again, for me, it's Jose. Okay. And if you play in head-to-head points, it's Alex Bregman. Okay. And if you're a safe player, then just take Arenado. All right, up next, let's get to our fourth and fifth top third baseman because I think there's a clear drop-off after that for me. And I think it's the same for you. Um, for me, I have an Anthony Rendon, Rafi Devers. You have it, Rafi Devers, Anthony Rendon. How come? I just expect a little bit more power out of Anthony Rendon, and he is switching leagues. It's kind of like the Mookie Betts argument that I made, Greg. I think Anthony Rendon is a phenomenal player, and I still have him in my top five, but if I'm splitting hairs, I mean, last year was a career year for Anthony Rendon, and of course, it came in a contract year, so I'm not going to be completely skeptical of what I saw from Anthony Rendon, because I do trust that he is a great player. The batted ball data was great last year. The stat cast data was awesome when it came to Anthony Rendon. He doesn't strike out. Under 14% strikeout rate now, three years in a row. Really great plate discipline, uh, except instead of getting the 34 home runs in the juice ball, 126 RBIs, I think we're probably closer to right around 30 home runs, close to a 300 batting average. Good counting stats. Uh, for me, Greg, Rafael Devers can get even better. I mean, he did what he did last year in, in his, what, age 22, 23 season. Um, he, look, 311 batting average, 129 runs scored. He'll even chip in 5 to 10 stolen bases. That is uh, Rafael Devers. And he really, really cut down on his strikeouts from 24% to 17%. That's the biggest difference when it comes to uh, Rafael Devers. The strides that he's made is that he's just making more contact. Extremely aggressive swinger. Reminds me a lot of Javier Baez. Good at swinging pitches outside the strike zone. But Greg, I I look at Rafael Devers and I see a player that is ascending. Not that Rendon is necessarily descending, but I think that if Devers continues to get better, that better will be better Better. than Anthony Rendon. (laughs) But it, it comes down to splitting hairs. I do like both of those guys. I like both of them, too. Endeavor's year last year was just remarkable. It was the year that we hoped he had uh, the year prior, batting 311 compared to the 240 uh, the, year, uh, the year before that. Um, I think Devers became a much, much better hitter. But again, I, I go with safety. And, and quite frankly, I just trust Anthony Rendon a little bit more to give you what he did last year more than Devers. I get how young Devers Also is. better in a points league. Maybe that's where my head's at. Um, right. But... I think Rendon, you know what you're getting. I think Devers could still be ascending, or maybe last year's a career year. I don't know. I'm not out on Rafi Devers by any means. We're splitting hairs. I just trust more what Anthony Rendon did. I think that... No worry about him changing leagues. No. Probably not. Just a professional hitter. You know? Professional hitter. I like that the Babbitt was the same exact number in back-to-back years at 323. I love... 
point sleeve type of stuff. He walks almost as much as he K's. Like, that's the stuff I absolutely love. All these numbers across the board are all very similar over the past few years. And the only thing that went up was the home runs. And everyone's home runs went up because of the juice ball, including Rafi Devers. So for me, I'm taking Anthony Rendon very, very confidently. It's, again, just a safer pick. It reminds me of my Bregman-like. It's just why take a chance when you can get safety here with Anthony Rendon. And I think that's maybe a play, an area that I'm growing as a fantasy player, hey. Greg, is that you know I'm starting to take more risks early on in draft. Because I'm becoming more like you. I think so. We're, uh, we're, we're swapping. Yeah. We're, we're swapping draft philosophies here, Seems but normally I, I do like the safer player, but uh, it's hard to argue with what Rafi Devers did last year, and on the off chance that he is, again, ascending um, and, and potentially even getting better than what we saw last year, and I, I think that season will outproduce what Anthony Rendon will do in year one with the Angels. And number six, we got the same third baseman, so we'll go through that next tier of our top third baseman right here on the BFFs. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. All right, here we go. Let's keep it rocking, Frank. Let's keep it going. Let's go. This is a deep position, man. We got to get as many in as we possibly can. So my six and seven here for me are Manny Machado and Yuan Moncada. Those are your six and seven. Yeah, let's go, Greggy. I've talked to you a lot, so that's kind of why we're on the same page here at six and seven. These are two players that I'm very in on. I'm interested in drafting because I believe that they very easily can wind up in the top tier. and You're getting them at a not top tier price. Yeah, these are players that you're getting in the fourth, fifth round range right now. And Manny Machado, we've seen him have a down year before and then bounce back um, the following year. We've seen it in 2017, he hit 259 uh, and then bounced back the next year with a 297 batting average, 37 home runs, 107 ribbies. Uh, that was the year that he spent half the year with the Dodgers, half the year with the Baltimore Orioles. And he was someone who was a borderline first round pick last year. First year, mega contract, new location in San Diego. I'm kind of giving him a pass for what we saw last year out of Manny Machado. I agree. Uh, and he struggled against right-handed pitching in 2019, which is not like him. 239 batting average, 715 OPS in his career. 275 batting average, and 808 OPS. And that's with a huge sample size of data. So I expect him to bounce back against right-handed pitching. Greg, if you are a conspiracy theorist, I have this for you. All right. Jeff Zimmerman of Rotograss tweeted this out a couple of weeks ago, that Manny Machado was hit by a pitch on August 8th last season. Before that hit by pitch, he was batting 272, 340, 494, triple slash. After the hit by pitch, yeah. 213, 319, 375. So if he continued to play through some kind of injury after the hit by pitch, uh, then I think that that's that's what can explain the final two month slump there. But we like Fernando Tatis. Greg still likes Tommy Pham. I do. It's a solid lineup there. I think that there's going to be you know opportunities for counting stats and maybe you know seven eight stolen bases, thirty to thirty five home runs, two seventy two eighty. He's just solid, Greg, across the board. He's not going to hurt you anywhere. It's a clear what my third base rankings are, right? Finding those solid guys aren't going to hurt you. And that's what I think I found. I hope. 
Yeah, I hope so as well. And look, Yoan Moncada last year yeah. really reminded me a lot of what we saw from Rafael Devers. He was actually more aggressive last year. He was someone in the past who was a little bit more passive. Uh, and he will, he has a really good eye at the plate, but last year started chasing pitches outside of the zone, 9% more than in 2018, yet his contact rate on pitches both inside and outside of the zone went up. He struck out less last year as well. His 406 BABIP was incredibly high for you, Mankata, but look at the quality of contact that he makes. 92.8 mile per hour, average exit velocity, 97th percentile in baseball, career best 12% barrel rate, and he maintained high BABIPs across every level in the minor leagues as well. Uh, so I, I think he's another one like Devers who could take that next exactly. step, and he's someone that we're drafting as like a borderline first-round pick next year, Greg. Yoan Moncada wouldn't surprise me if it's 280, 290. I don't think he's going to hit over 300 like he did last year, but approach 30 home runs, really take that next step. Counting stats are going to be there, really good lineup, 10 to 15 stolen bases, another one. Doesn't hurt you anywhere, and he's probably going to give you more speed than Manny Machado as well. Totally, and I, I, if you made the case for put Moncada ahead of Machado, I think I would actually be okay with it. But I think there is a clear top seven, and Moncada has that ability to hit over thirty home runs, prestigious power in a good lineup, in a good ballpark. It all adds up to a really nice year uh, for me on Moncada. Then we get to my eight nine, which I feel very passionately about as well, specifically Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think. Also, could it kind of ascend? Like, we thought it was going to happen last year. It didn't. Maybe there's a little prospect fatigue on him, and people may have written him off way too quickly. So I like Vladimir Guerrero. And then in there, I also have Chris Bryant. I know you have Chris Bryant way, way later than I do, and I think I get that you don't like Chris Bryant. I understand that. But I think the hate has just gone too far. Like he's not nearly as bad as you think he is. Greg, I think you should pull up his baseball savant stat cast page. I have his fan graphs page. And you, Does you'll, that work? You'll see, a lot of, uh, you'll see a lot of blue on that page. Blue? Uh, see a lot of white and green on his fan graphs page. Ice cold for Chris Bryant, the stat cast data, the batted ball data for Chris Bryant. And he really doesn't do much outside of hit home runs. Fine. I'll give you around 30 home runs. And he's going to score runs. Runs scored uh, a scouts category as well. 77 RBIs last year. Average is fine. 52 RBIs the year before. 73 RBIs in 2017. Expected to lead off. The guy's not going to be a contributor in RBIs. Not going to steal many bases. They, it's been 7, 2, 4 each of the past three seasons. Not going to steal bases. Batting average is fine. Not going to hurt you there. Not so, going to help you. So, but average runs and home runs, that's pretty good. I, I would say he's more of a 2.5 category player. Okay, you because you don't like the 280 average, okay? No, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to hit 280. I, I think it's... I think that's Fugazi. I think he's probably more of like a 265, 270 hitter. He's never been a 265 hitter. Ever. But his stat cast data, Greg, says that he got incredibly lucky last Why year. Why can't you tell me he was hurt last year, too? Find some Well, he's hurt him. every year. Look at the year before that. In 2018, he played 102 games. He's dealt with shoulder he's stuff as well. He's not hurt every year. He was hurt in 2018. All right, he, he, he played 147 games last year. All right, so he had he one 15, 15 games. He had one 15 ADL stint. But he has dealt with, like, nagging stuff. You know what right. I'm saying, Greg. Sure. Like, he's played through it before. Sure. And, and that might be why it's hurt his performance in the past. All right, maybe, maybe he's a three-category contributor. That's fine. Agree to disagree. You think he's going to hit 280? I, I think do. he's probably closer to, like, a 265, 270 hitter. We That's disagree. Fine. That's fine. Yeah, I'm out on Chris Bryant. I'm not going to have him anywhere. I just think you're way too low. That's why I have him ranked the way that I do. I have him down at 13. Could we put Frank's rankings back up? Like, I think you just, you've gone too far here. You really have. So I don't think there's much upside there. This is my opinion. Uh, why can't Chris Bryant be better? Oh, Chris Bryant's better than Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson. Wow. You want to talk about hurt? You want to talk about hurt? Last year, you wouldn't draft Josh Donaldson. And, and I was wrong. And now he's back inside your top eight? He's in the best lineup in baseball, Greg. Chris Bryant is leading off a Wrigley Field. 
What is that? So what? He's not going to give you RBIs. Josh run. Donaldson's going to give you home runs. He's going to give you RBIs. Going to give you runs scored. Because oh, Brian could have given you run, more runs scored at a better average. And is he going to give you a better skills. batting average? Yes. Josh Donaldson. Slightly better. Slightly better batting average. More home runs out of Josh Donaldson. Definitely. More, way more RBIs. We're Agreed. talking like 30 more RBIs. Agreed. And they're both not going to give you stolen bases. So pick and choose. What do you want? You want a little more average? But it's not even just picking and choosing. You have them separated by five spots. It's not yeah, even like either They're all in the same tier for me. They're all in the same tier. My tier is from six through 16. I wouldn't mind getting Again, this is a deep position. Pick and choose who you want. Josh Donaldson's in the best lineup in baseball with the Minnesota Twins. He always gets hurt again. I don't have any shares of him yet. <laughs> because, no, I've been drafting Manny Machado everywhere. Sure. I like, to me, he's the best value on the board. I love what, I like, to so me, I haven't wound up with Josh Donaldson, but if, if you're just asking me, let's say we're in the sixth round, my first, what is that, eight third basemen are, are already gone, and I'm deciding between Josh Donaldson, Matt Chapman, and Chris Bryant. I'm not taking Chris Bryant. I'm taking either Josh Donaldson or Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman, to me, is young Josh Donaldson. He does sure. a lot of the same I buy things. That. I buy that. Good play discipline, walks a lot, hits the ball extremely hard, hits the ball in the air. I buy it. And his batting average was incredibly unlucky last year. He went from like 280 to 249. But he's, and, o- he's always been like a 250 hitter. Yeah, but, but his he, quality of contact, Greg, he hits the ball so hard that his batting average, based on, he actually improved his play discipline a ton from when he was in the minors to the majors. He doesn't strike out as much as he used to but in you the look minors. At any projection system, he's batting 250. Matt Chapman? I think he could be better than that. Literally, I think he'd be like a 270 hitter. He's done it once. Yeah. But he, I mean, he's only been up in, in the majors for what, two, three two, years? Two and a half years. Yeah, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So I, he's one of those guys where he's still young enough where he can take that next step as well, Greg. He is a year younger than Chris Bryant. That makes him younger. Same. <laughs> <laughs> like Josh Donaldson and Matt Chapman to me are just, they're clones. I agree. 260, good home runs, so good rather, power numbers, runs, eight, RBIs. I'd rather have Matt Chapman. That's fine. Really yeah, I think you can make the argument. Look, if you think he's safer, yes. you're not worried about as many injuries, Correct. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, honestly, Greg, you could talk me into moving Matt Chapman ahead of Josh Johnson now. The only reason why I didn't is because you're almost paying for Matt Chapman to do what Josh Johnson does every single year. Until he gets hurt. How old is Josh Johnson? 35? Yeah. And Greg, if you're worried about the injuries, that's fine. Then you should be fading. Before to be fair. I am. I'm not taking. I'm not. I'm not taking Josh Donaldson. Same exact thing as last year. But again, uh, look, best lineup in baseball. Just I, put it. I out. get it. Where does DJ LeMahieu fall in all this? Because he's a different player than these other guys, right? Like we're talking about Matt Chapman. We're talking about uh, Chris Bryant. We're talking about Josh Donaldson. These are all guys that are going to hit you 30 home runs, score close to 100 runs, ideally have close to 100 RBIs. Although obviously Chris Bryant hasn't gotten near that recently. LeMahieu for me is number 10. For you, he's right around the same number. 11, I think yeah. he's right around. So he's right around that same number mm-hmm. here. Where does? Where does he kind of fall in this mix? I think he gets drafted in a similar range as Donaldson, as Matt Chapman, and I, I don't have a problem with that. I think it comes down to draft philosophy, what you need on your team in that moment. If you want to put an emphasis on power, then I think you lean with a Josh Donaldson or a Matt Chapman. But if you want to solidify your batting average and your run scored, then uh, then you can lean with DJ LeMahieu. And again, taking someone like LeMahieu allows you to take risks on power hitters later on in your draft that are going to hurt your batting average. So LeMahieu last year, while it was a career season, he hit 327. Uh, we have seen him hit for that high of a batting average in the past when he has now led, uh, he has won a batting title in both the National League and the American League. His expected batting average was 322 last year. That was the third best in baseball. His quality of contact, G.J. LeMahieu, 
was ridiculous. His swing is built for Yankee Stadium. He's a line drive hitter. He hits the ball to right field. I think you expect some natural regression, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he hits 315, if he hits 320, if he even approaches that number that we saw last year. But he's going to give you a batting average probably closer to 20 home runs than the, what do you have, 27 last year? That's not realistic. Uh, I think 18 to 20 home runs. Really good run scored. Could lead the American League in run scored, to be honest. Uh, 70 to 80 RBIs and a handful of stolen bases. Greg, it just comes down to what you want at that point in the draft. If you want to continue to build out your runs and your batting average, you know that you can find home run home runs and RBIs later on in your in your drafts, then I think DJ LeMahieu is the answer for you. Um, I, I think that he is right in the same range, fifth, sixth round. I don't have a problem where he's going. You know, LeMahieu, a, it's interesting because I don't want him. I'd I'll rather have Chapman, Bryant, Pinstripe Pride. Donaldson. Let me finish my sentence. <laughs> I don't want him as my third baseman. I want him as my second sense. baseman. Yep. Because you want power. He had 26 home runs last Second year. base sucks. And we'll talk about that later in the week. Second base sucks. And I was doing my second base for rankings earlier today. And I was like, oh my God. You're right. You're 100% right about that. This is horrible. And I feel like. Lemayhu has uh, versatility everywhere. First, second, third base. Yes. But if you use him anywhere other than second base. You're making a mistake. You are making a mistake. It's like using a catcher at first base. Yeah. Don't do it. I, I think you're making a, a big mistake. DJ Lemayhu as your second base makes a whole lot more sense your third baseman. Uh, so I'd rather have the power guys and then maybe you think LeMahieu's my second baseman. That's cool. That average in runs, that fits well there with whatever home runs you get at Yankee Stadium. Be the power guys instead. All right, we've gone through basically the first half. we got to touch on Vlad. We didn't talk about Vlad. Oh, what time? I lost the third baseman to go. Look around. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. All right, here we go. We got a lot to do, Frank. Let's, let's, roll, let's roll right through. You power talk, through. Power hour right now. I wanted to talk more about Vlad. Go right ahead. Yeah, I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. can have an Anthony Rendon type season, Greg. It, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Talk about him being in better shape this upcoming season in his second season. And I tweeted out a video of a home run that he hit yesterday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Just ridiculous. It was like a frozen rope that went like 400 feet. It was like this guy's hands are incredibly quick. I, I think that... Last year, obviously got a taste in the majors, got worn down a little bit. We saw some fatigue later on. Comes back to shape, uh, comes back this year to camp in better shape. Um, and what he did in the minor leagues, Greg, in 2018, 381 batting average, 1,073 OPS. He's got to raise the launch angle. He hits too many ground balls, but I think if he does that, we're looking at someone who can approach a 300 batting average, 25 to 30 home runs, good counting stats because they have a solid lineup out there in Toronto, good ballpark to hit in. Uh, other good ballparks to hit in in this division in the American League East. After Machado and Yuan Moncada go off the board, Greg, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the next third baseman that I would be looking for. The problem is, by that point, more often than not, he's already gone. Yeah. There's, because there's someone that likes Vlad more than I do. There's obviously hype surrounding yeah. um, Vladimir Guerrero, as there should be, but he can't make that jump, which is kind of exciting. Let's move on to the next crew of third baseman here, Frank. It's, our, my, it's really the start of my next tier. And it's Max Muncy's in there. Mike Moustakis is in there. My guy Justin Turner 
is in there as well. I bumped Justin Turner up because I love Justin Turner, and I feel he's underappreciated. Muncie Moustakis are similar uh, to Donaldson and to Chapman as these guys are just monstrous power hitters. They just get a little bit later, and the value still really good. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Max Muncie, someone who, if you thought it was a fluke, it's clearly not a fluke when it comes to Max Muncie. Improved against left-handed pitching last year. Going to bat uh, you know, towards the top of that Dodgers lineup. Probably going to score over 100 runs as long as he stays healthy, remains in that lineup. Um, not going to help you in batting average, obviously. He's actually going to hurt you. He's probably more of like a 250, 260 hitter. But going to hit you 35 home runs, maybe even approach 40. Uh, RBIs might be a little bit low because he's, again, probably going to bat second in the lineup. But I, I think that Max Muncy is very similar to those players that you mentioned, Greg. Same thing with Mike Moustakis. Same thing with Eugenio Suarez, who I all have in the same area. It's... You know, I have Muncy at 12, Chris Bryan at 13, I have Moustakis at 14, Jeff McNeil at 15, uh, and then Eugenio Suarez at 16. Jeff McNeil, similar to DJ LeMahieu. You got to use that guy in, at second base or even in your outfield. You're not using him at third base, in my opinion, Greg. Uh, but that rounds out my top 16. Uh, Suarez, I have a little bit lower just because I think him and Mike Moustakis are going to give you similar numbers, Greg, but I worry about the shoulder injury. I agree. The guy isn't playing yet. Is he going to be ready for opening day? I don't know. Do so, you know? So my question with Eugenio Suarez was where, how far drop He's my number 16 third baseman right exactly now. Exactly where I have him, too. And I'm wondering, like, do I move Miguel Sano ahead of him? I don't think so. I think I that's could, the cutoff. Yeah, yeah, because at least with Suarez, he's not going to bat. Uh, he's not going to have as such, uh, such of a low batting average yeah. as Miguel Sano. He's going to hit like 260, right. probably. Similar power. Maybe Sano has more power upside, but hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy as well. So... You know, if you're talking about risk, I think Sano does have a little bit more than Eugenio Suarez. Okay. Um, want to opine about Justin Turner? Can we draft him? I don't mind Justin Turner as like you a corner like infielder. Him. You don't like him. No, it's fine. If we could get him for, I don't have the uh, auction values. Up you have here. 45 tabs open, and that's not one of them. I, I, I changed it back to ADP, Greg. He legitimately has 30 tabs open on his computer. You never know what you're going to need, Greg. And I asked you something, you Justin don't Turner, $9. $9 corner infielder? Probably too expensive. Maybe too expensive. We'll talk more about it. Right. But he is what he is. It's fine. He's going to give you a good batting average. You know he's going to miss probably 30 games throughout the course of the season. Good counting stats. Lifts the ball with the Dodgers. Going to hit 25 home runs. He's fine. He gives you a good batting average at a good point in the draft as well. $9 is average auction value over at the NFBC. And his ADP from over the weekend, Greg, is 161. So he's the 22nd third baseman off the board. That's just... It's so weird. That's how deep the position is that you're talking about Justin Turner as the 22nd third baseman off the board, Greg. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. He's and where do you have him again? 15. I have him at 20. Sorry, Greg. Sorry, Frank. My reasoning, Miguel Sano. I love Miguel Sano. I, I think he has the upside to hit 50 home runs. Yuli Gurriel, uh, I think, is probably going to give you similar numbers to Justin Turner. Yeah, I agree. And probably going to stay healthy. Hasn't been as injury-prone as a Justin Turner in the past. Was, so Yuli also, Gariel, really good lineup with the Houston Astros. Yuli Gurriel is my number 20 third baseman. And it's interesting because I've never been a Yuli Gurriel guy. And I always, Me neither. I'm always surprised by how old he is. He's 35. I thought Justin Turner's young. Yeah, he came over a little really bit late. later than, yeah. than some of the other Cubans yeah. that came to the league. But Yuli Gurriel was amazing last year with those 30 home runs, hitting 300 essentially, yeah. um, all those RBIs. He was awesome. Doesn't really strike out, which I like a lot. Makes a lot of contact. Always yeah. hits for good batting average. The yeah, difference for him last year was he raised the launch angle and the juice ball. So I'd be a little skeptical that he comes close to the 30 home runs he hit last year. But, you know, mid-20s, I think he can approach that. Good counting stats. Going to play every day for the Houston Astros. Really good lineup. They're going to move him up a bit. The only other name I have ahead of Turner as well, Greg, is Scott Kingery. 
Really? Just because I think he could be a 2020 player this year. You're very high on Scott Kingery. I like Scott Kingery. And the, and the position versatility, third base and outfield, it helps, especially in deeper leagues. Where is Eduardo Escobar? I have Eduardo Escobar at 21. I'm, I don't know. I'm just not buying it. it. Look, if I'm wrong, if Eduardo Escobar comes out and has another fantastic season, that's fine. He really, really struggled in the second half. Is that something that's going to carry over this year? I do worry about it with him. He's going to hit in the middle of the Arizona Diamondbacks lineup, so the RBI opportunities should continue to be there. But last year strikes me as a career year in terms of the power. Uh, I, I think he's probably going to give you similar power numbers to like a Gurriel. 23, maybe 25 home runs. Not nearly as good of a batting average. Meh. I'm out, man. Right. He's better in a points league. He hits a lot of doubles. Should we, talk, we got about six minutes left. Should we talk about some sleepers, really? Yeah, let's go. All right, so I asked you about a month ago. because I looked at the list. Oh, look at this. I looked at the list. And there was one name on the list. It was the first name. We talked about it that long ago. And it was Braves third baseman Austin Riley. And you had obviously not gotten there yet. You haven't looked into it Um and you weren't super in, but I kind of tried to sell you. He was like, hey, he's in a really good lineup. He's obviously a top prospect. Like, I feel like people are kind of overlooking him. Now that you've had some time to research, how do you feel about Austin Riley? I like Austin Riley. I have him uh, as my 27th third baseman right now. 28th Greg. for me. And I have just ahead of him the Yankees guys, Andujar and Gio Urshela, who I think are great values right now as well. Uh, Austin Riley, the risk with Austin Riley is that he still is in a position battle with Johan Camargo. So... Obviously, Riley has more prospect pedigree and has higher upside. And what I really like so far is, I think he has like 13 spring training at-bats. I tweeted this out yesterday. Drink, Greg. Uh, he only has one strikeout in 13 at-bats so far in the spring. What he really struggled with in the majors last season was a 36% strikeout rate. That's something that we need to see him cut down, obviously. Uh, and at every level in the minors, he struck out less than that 36%. So if he does that, I think he could be like a 260-ish hitter with... Obviously, very big power upside in a really good lineup, but he still needs to win that third base job against Johan Camargo first. So there still is a little bit of a downside here, Greg, uh, but I also do really like the Yankees guys with Andujar and Urshela. Considering the injuries to Stanton and Judge, I think at least for the early part of the season, they have pretty regular playing time. Both will be in the lineup, but will both be able to hit. Obviously, Urshela has this career year last year out of nowhere, and he changes the launch angle, and he bought into the StatCast revolution. Obviously, Andujar went through all of his shoulder injuries last year, but he's been practicing uh, full bore in spring training uh, and beforehand. But you do wonder how the position switch could affect his swing and mentally. I think there's question marks surrounding both Yankee third baseman eligible players. That's fine. I, I'm just looking for exposure to a really good lineup going late in drafts. It was kind of the reason why, you know, people were drafting DJ LeMahieu last year. If you did luck out and get a DJ LeMahieu, you're like, all right, he's a super utility guy for the New York Yankees. Really good lineup. Let sure. me just take a shot here yeah. and see what works out. And then look what happened with DJ LeMahieu. Uh, Andujar, we've seen the upside in the past. Someone who can hit near 300. The hit tool is obviously there. Uh, and then we started to see the power develop. Is, will that carry over? He did have shoulder surgery, so something to consider. Maybe the power takes a little bit of a step back for Andujar, but I do think, especially early on, Greg, he's going to see everyday playing time, whether it's in left field, DH, first base, uh, third base. I think if they play six or seven times a week, he's probably playing in five or six of those games, is Miguel Andujar. Uh, and I would say the same thing for Gio Urshela. In that one game, maybe he doesn't play a third, they'll put Andujar there. I'd like to see if Urshela could do what he did last year again, because he really came out of nowhere. As a corner infielder, though, I don't mind it. Okay. Who was the other sleeper that was on this list? Um, that it? would be... Travis Shaw, your Travis boy. Travis Shaw. 
Yeah, look, not going to give you a good batting average. Obviously going to hurt you there. But hitting in the middle of a solid lineup, Toronto, and he completely bottomed out last year. I realize that, Greg. But, you know, his average season in the two seasons before last year, 2017 and 2018, up over 30 home runs, close to a 260 batting average, solid counting stats. He gets on base via the walk. Um, The strikeouts are going to hurt you. I'm buying that last year was not the real Travis Shaw. I think just everything went wrong everything, for him I last agree. year. I agree. He dealt with a wrist injury. I uh, said he was trying to tweak his his swing all season long, which ended up not working. Uh, but a really, really cheap corner infielder in a deeper league, 15-team uh, mixed roto, maybe even a 12-team roto, um, and obviously an AL only, I think someone that you could look at as well, who can hit 25 home runs with a 240 to 250 batting average. I think that's fair where he's going. He's free. He's, he's like a $1 player. I agree. I like Travis Shaw. Uh, as a utility or as a corner. I have no issue with that. All right, uh, quickly, Frank, explain the the Met guys to me. J.D. Davis and Jeff McNeil. So Jeff McNeil is probably going to play the outfield more than anything. Same thing when it comes to to J.D. Davis. And J.D. Davis has a great StatCast numbers, Greg. I mean, you look at his StatCast page. He hits the ball extremely hard, just didn't get the opportunity to play every day. He's dealing with an injury in camp right now, so we'll see how that plays out. But... Uh, expected to play left field quite regularly for the Mets is J.D. Davis. Uh, and then when it, comes to, when it comes to Jeff McNeil, he's basically D.J. LeMahieu light. Really good contact hitter. Hit for batting average in every level in the minors. Uh, actually showed a little bit of power in the minors as well. So maybe you know, he can actually maintain those uh, 20 home runs that he hit last year. Can actually chip in a handful of stolen bases. He, he is D.J. LeMahieu light, Greg. Going to hit near the top of the Mets lineup. Going to give you a good batting average, probably 290 to 300. Not the same batting average as LeMahieu, but that's why you get him like 20 to 30 picks later. All right, there you have it. That's our third base preview. Tomorrow, we'll move on to the shortstops. Pharrell, coast to coast, he is coming up next. I want to thank Sean Guasamaki and Alex Pisano for their help. Frank Stanfield, I'm Greg Sussman. Have a fantastic rest of your afternoon, and we'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more.